0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are reading the Bible in one year, and this is Ezekiel. We are in the book of Ezekiel, the prophet, who's with the um, the people who were exiled into Babylon. So we're covering chapters 28, 29, and 30, and you know what's funny about this? Okay, so God is speaking through Ezekiel, right? So why is God speaking through Ezekiel about other nations, not Israel? Not other nations, not Israel not Israel and Judah. Why is God telling Ezekiel about other nations like Egypt and Tyre and um, the Edomites and the Moabites? Because God has had it. Once and for all, he's going to make himself known and he's got to do it in a drastic, dramatic way that it can't be, excuses cannot be made. Such as, Well, this was a coincidence. Or, well, it was just because of this war or that war. Then the power would belong to the person or the king that actually conquered. Well, he's using King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon to really take over everybody. And then that king is also going to get what he deserves when all is said and done. We know that. Why? Because God is making himself known. Not just to the Israelites, but he wants everyone to know who he is. So when we move into chapter 28, it goes into detail. We're continuing with um, the king of Tyre against the actual king of Tyre. Remember, it was that merchant city, very wealthy city that everybody did transactions with. So it, I, I would assume that it was like the, um, it was a port so it had a lot to do with your economy. It was a very important p- part of your economy. Um, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, say to the ruler of Tyr, this is what the sovereign Lord says. In the pride of your heart, you say, I am a god. I sit in the throne of a god in the heart of the seas. But you are a mere mortal and not a god, though you think you are wise as a god. Are you wiser than Daniel? Is no secret hidden from you? By your wisdom and understanding, you have gained wealth for yourself and amassed gold and silver in your treasures. By your great skill in trading, you have increased your wealth. And because of your wealth, you are your heart is has grown proud. That can ha- happen. So we're talking about the king of Tyre. Yeah, it's history, but be careful because it can happen to our hearts as well. As we build our own wealth, our own businesses, over time, our hearts can get proud from our own wealth. So even though we're talking historical stuff, you can find, your spirit can find, not that we're actually looking, it just speaks to your spirit. Your spirit is looking, but your mind, your Consciousness isn't saying, Hey, what can I find for myself? I mean it may, but ultimately your spirit, it's gonna get a quickening, like this feeling, this little like a little flutter of awakening. That's the point, right? Okay. And I'm just giving you that example because we're talking about the King of Tear, but see how it can speak to your spirit. Um because you think you are wise, as wise as God, I'm going to bring foreign foreigners against you the most ruthless of nations they will draw your, their sword against your beauty and wisdom and pierce your shining splendor they will bring you down to the pit you see god has had it of just the arrogance of all people just the pride the arrogance the um the evil that they're the sin that they're committing and so god is not holding anything back Whew. Now, then we, it feels like chapter 28 kind of shifts. I don't know what they're referring to to in this portion. It feels like they're still talking about the king of Tyr. But then something shifts. Like, you almost wonder, wait, is he talking about Satan here? And it has been discussed that maybe they are. But then some people say, no, he's not talking about Satan. So, I don't know. You can decide. Um... Possibly it's parallel to Satan. Possibly it's not. And I'm going to read one piece. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. By your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and it consumed you and I reduced you to the ashes on the ground in the sight of all who are watching. All the nations who knew you are appalled at you. You come to a horrible end and will be no more. Is it a prophetic word about Satan? Or is it not at all? You can read and find out for yourself. And then there's a prophecy against Sidon. I am against you, Sidon, S I D O N, that's how it's spelled. And among you, I will display my glory, and you will know that I am the Lord when I inflict punishment on you and within you and prove to be holy. I will send a plague upon you and make blood flow to, in your streets. The slain will fall within you with, an, with a sword against you on every side. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Isn't that so often that when crisis happens in your life, that's when we call out to God? That's when we humble ourselves. Isn't that so true? Even the atheists, when they're facing their death and life is happening crisis, who do they call out to? They often say, if there's a God in heaven, and they pray, right? So how often does that happen? So here, God is in allowing all of this to happen to all the different areas. Why? so that they will know without a doubt that God is real and who he is yep so amazing okay moving down to chapter 29 29 is a prophecy against Egypt going in great detail um because Egypt was also a very wealthy area very arrogant I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, you you great monster lying among your streams. You say the Nile belongs to me. I made it for myself. But I will put hooks in your jaws and make the fish of your streams stick stick to your scales. I will pull you out among your streams with all the fish sticking to your scales. I will leave you in the desert, you and all the fish of your streams. You will fall on the open field and not be gathered or picked up Wow, you see the the imagery, the detail? Is it literal? Is it figurative? I don't know. But the he wants the people to who are listening to this prophetic word to really get the impact. If he had just said, Hey, I'm gonna destroy Egypt without the dramatic imagery, I don't think people would have paid attention. Like even today, right? When you hear a story, you want the drama, the intensity. You don't want the simple stuff. You don't want just the plot. Well, God knows people's minds and he is giving such a detailed, dramatic image of what will happen to these kingdoms. There, he's talking about still Egypt, there they will be lowly kingdom. It will be the lowliest of kingdoms and will never again exalt itself above the nation of other nations. I will make it so weak that it will never again rule over the nations. Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel. Remember, Israelites, they would escape to Egypt as a safe place. But will be a reminder of their sin in turning for help. Then they will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Okay, then we move on to the end of chapter 29, where King Nebuchadnezzar, he basically, with his mighty army, takes over all these different nations. Not that he's a good guy, but that God is using King Nebuchadnezzar as a tool. So then, chapter 39, son of man, prophesy and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Wail and say, alas, for, the day, for that day, for the day is near, the day of the Lord is near, a day of clouds. So they're basically mourning, lamenting over Egypt. The fall, the allies of Egypt will fall, and her proud strength will fall. From Migdal to Aswan. they will fall by the sword within her, declares the sovereign Lord. They will be desolate among desolate lands, and their cities will lie among ruined cities. So again, great detail. The Lord has spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. We're moving down to verse 13. I will destroy the idols and put an end to the image in Memphis. No longer will there be a prince of Egypt, and I will spread fear throughout the land. I will lay, lay waste, Upper Egypt, set fire to Zoan. Okay? Again, Egypt is going to get the punishment that they deserve so that they will know who God is. Not that God takes pleasure in any of these consequences. It's just everything is cause and effect. What you do has an effect. What you think has an effect. How you treat people has an effect. And then at the end of chapter 30, God uses symbolism Again, to talk about the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Fascinating. All right, my friends, that was chapter 28, 29, and 30 of Ezekiel. If you like reading so detailed of history, then it's worth reading this and then even going into other history to see where they, how they correlate and what was going on during that time period. Awesome stuff. A lot of people love history, so this is going to be great for them. Chapter 28, 29, and 30 of Ezekiel. I hope you enjoyed that. Have a great day, and I shall see you soon.